To stay on top in business, stay on top of your technology with the new Business Desk podcast, the business of tech. Listen on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. You're listening to a podcast from Newstalk ZB. Follow this and our wide range of podcasts now on iHeartRadio. Oh, good day there, and welcome to the rewrap for Monday. All the best bits from the Mike Hosking breakfast on News Talk ZB in a sillier package. I am Glenn Hart, and today, uh, Act has polled extraordinarily well at this completely meaningless part of the election cycle. Uh, what is uh, the debt to income ratio, and how does it affect me? I mean, you. Uh, Tucker Carlson uh, interviewed Vladimir Putin. And might watch the whole thing, so you didn't have to. And then uh, a, a radicchio update, which I presume is just going to be a daily thing from now on. But before any of that, uh, today is Super Bowl Day. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday on Monday. Yeah, Super Bowl today in Las Vegas. Uh, Super Bowl 58. There will be a record 67.8 million Americans who are going to be betting. And they will bet about 23 billion so let's call it for New Zealand's sake, $45, $46 billion. Highest wager so far at Caesars is a million on the 49ers to beat Kansas. Number of American adults planning to bet is up 35%. Uh, the value of the wages is well up from $16 billion last year. So what was the number I gave you? 23 in US dollars this year, up from 16 So first of all, no cost of living crisis. And if there is, they're all spending it at the pokies and gambling on the football. 47% are planning to bet on the defending champion Chiefs, 44% on the 49ers. That seems fair to me because the Chiefs will go in as favourites uh, because they've won it before and San Francisco hasn't won it for years. And as I've told you a number of times, Brock Purdy, who is the quarterback for the San Francisco 49ers, is a newbie and he's only in his second season. And as good as he may be, which he is, he is no Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, as annoying as he may be, is nevertheless one of the great footballers of the modern age. And then you've got Kelsey and then you've got... Uh, Isaiah Pacheco, and you got all these guys that you may or may not know the name of. We had that bloke before saying also that it turns out that the 49ers don't have a defensive team. I thought they had had two teams. Don't they have an offensive team and a defensive defensive team? I don't think he meant it literally. Uh, If there's a weak part of the San Francisco game, it is the defence, or defence as they call it. So, um, And Christian McCaffrey, if you are watching today, um, Christian McCaffrey is a bloke you want to look at. He's a running back for the um, the San Francisco 49ers. He's worth, and my favourite, this uh, Isaiah Pacheco guy, he's a running back for the Kansas City Chiefs. And you ever want to see a little nuggety guy run, little guy run, the little guy who could, he's your man. Anyway, that is the Super Bowl taken care of. Um, and if you're interested in a conspiracy theory, mine is that Taylor Swift is not there. Uh because Fox News just keeps playing footage of somebody getting out of an airplane, but they, they, you can't tell who it is because they put up umbrellas. Two people get out of an airplane, that they're, they're obstruct, completely ob- obscured by umbrellas held sideways. Um, so any, any images you see of Taylor Swift at the Super Bowl will be, definitely be a Melania Trump-style um, body double. Take it from me. Now, a great poll for ACT over the weekend. I don't know why we would take any notice of it, though. I ended an editorial last week with the words, I think ACT are onto something. 
It was referencing the angst that we saw last week at Waitangi and how those who gather at such places and those who cover such places have no real connection these days to middle New Zealand and the real world. And what ACT are trying to do, of course, is with the treaty, have a conversation. That's what they're trying to do, have a conversation. They argue that the intent was we are all equal and you don't get excluded because of race and you don't get special treatment because of race. And that has been turned by those who fear all of this into a shambles of a campaign where it's claimed that the treaty is being destroyed or rewritten or Maori rights are being stripped. Uh, This is not the first time, of course, some good old-fashioned open debate has been skewed and screwed into a partisan mess. Enter some numbers. The Courier poll out over the weekend, if you missed it, tells you where Middle New Zealand actually is. Parties at the stage of the political cycle, and this is the importance of the poll, because parties at the stage of the political cycle don't rise or fall the way ACT did without something fairly tangible happening. Now, for this poll, what has happened is a growing number of New Zealanders have tuned into what ACT are trying to do and have decided they are on board. They've waded through the noise and the BS, and they've worked out that quite a lot of us actually like the idea that we should all be treated equally. It's also why the Greens have tanked. I mean, when a leader quits and another member's in court, that tends to see support drift a little bit. Now, the downside for ACT, this is the bad news for ACT, uh, and their campaign is twofold. One, they are battling the large party in their own coalition, and two, that large party also went up in the poll. Uh, that, by the way, is as, as a result of a growing number of uh, people seeing the government in action, on the move, and reintroducing a series of you know practical, sensible decisions and laws so, uh, that so many have been crying out for for the past five or six years. Uh, things like the fuel tax, the light rail, the cultural reports, all those sort of things. The decisions are now coming thick and fast, and middle New Zealand likes that stuff. So, big picture, the government are enjoying some fruits of a busy 100 days, ACT are on the right side of the big race debate, and it lends weight to Seymour's argument that by the time they actually write the draft bill, get it in front of a committee, let us have a say, it might just well turn out that we have a groundswell of support National can't afford to ignore. I thought we had all agreed that uh, the polls are completely meaningless and we should stop taking any notice of them. And people who spend their time doing them should be summarily, uh, not executed, it's not the word, uh, fired, and uh, sent out to do something more useful with their time. Why are we taking any notice of why that happens five minutes after an election's actually happened? I'm confused. The rewrap. Oh, another thing I'm confused about is, uh, debt, is debt to income ratios, or at least I would be if I had any idea what they were. Yeah, debt to income. Here's a talking point on housing this morning. Some numbers have been crutched. Debt to income is what the Reserve Bank is going to introduce this year, and it's going to be done on a one to six scale. So in other words, most of the lending out of a bank, when you go for your mortgage, if you're asking for more than six times what you earn, you will not be given the money. And so the numbers are as follows. Uh, You will need to earn about $200,000 if you live in Auckland to buy an average house. So, of course, immediately everyone goes, well, I don't earn $200,000 and therefore you will not be buying your house. So it's a minimum of $172,000 for an average priced house, uh, which is $12,000 more than the median household income. So in other words, it's, you know, the high income earners. Uh, You will need $154,000 around the rest of the country on average, which is $27,000 more than the typical Kiwi household earns. So in other words, it's the upper echelons. So the Reserve Bank, because they're fearful around deposit levels and, and equity and people having you know less equity in their home, and all of that stuff, they're nervous nellies around housing. And so they're introducing the more and more rules. So I just don't know how people get around it because you need 10% minimum 
deposit and generally 20%. So if you're buying something worth a million bucks, you need a hundred to $200,000 and then you can only borrow six times. And so you're not earning the money, therefore you can't borrow it. Therefore, what do you do? Should we just ban home ownership? It seems like most people are against it. Um, so yeah, let's just forget about it. And then hopefully I won't have to mow the lawns anymore. 90% of parenting is just thinking about when you can have a break. And when you do take a break, enjoy the Parenting Hangover podcast. They go together like a tutu and jandals. We've said from the get-go, we ain't parenting experts. No. But it's cool to hear, what is your neighbour doing? What do they say? A problem shared is a problem halved. Oh, that's good. Not that my children are problems, or a, but I feel better talking about it. The Parenting Hangover with Clinton Jordan. New episodes every Thursday on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts. The Rewrap. Now, I don't know what you spent your weekend doing. Uh, but it sounds like Mike Hosking spent most of his weekend watching uh, Tucker Carlson listening to Vladimir Putin. There was much debate, by the way, if you're not aware, over the weekend in media circles on the Tucker Carlson interview with Vladimir Putin. What some call legacy media are beside themselves over Carlson and his access to the Russian president. Uh, the way he conducted the interview, whether Putin played him, whether Carlson's a supporter of the Russian argument. People like CNN in particular don't seem to be able to cope. And from what I've seen, their reaction is in part why so-called legacy media is in so much trouble. Having watched the interview, it's interesting. And I would actually recommend it. It's a good watch. It's made complicated by the translator and therefore the pace. It was also over two hours long. Quite a bit was made of Putin's opening answer, or dialogue, which went on for 30 minutes and was essentially a Russian history lesson. But overall, there are nuggets of insight. There is a lot of illumination as to how Putin views America and China and NATO and Europe. And it's all well worth listening to. You don't have to agree with it, but you learn by listening. First impression, by the way, of Putin is all the crap you've heard about him being ill and dying and feeble, simply not true. He is an... (laughs) He's in far better shape than the US president. He is lucid, interesting, eloquent, and highly informed. If you see all that as propaganda, uh, then he's a good salesman. He makes legitimate points about America, their domestic problems, their use of sanctions, and their propaganda. He makes irrefutably correct assertions about China and trade and BRICS and the world order. Uh, There is the contentious stuff about Nord Stream, some interesting observations about George Bush and Donald Trump, about Boris Johnson and the role of Germany in the current Ukraine war. So much of the reaction, though, appears to have been about Carlson's approach to the questions, whether it's a SOP, but but see it in that light, you're going to miss the point. If you get obsessed about, you know, Tucker Carlson, you're missing it. We really, really, really hear from the Russian leader in a Western-style approach. I don't doubt he's a tyrant and he's a manipulator of so-called democracy. He's corrupt. But I also don't doubt a lot of what he says about America and its intent isn't dead accurate as well. You will never see two hours of unedited material, and that's the key, it was unedited, material on the likes of CNN or CBS or the BBC, and that is why media and its landscape are so rapidly changing. Part of the role of these platforms is you get to make up your own mind. You are no longer told what to think. If you're interested in the world, you have to be interested in all aspects of it, thus making this more than worthwhile watching. Now, I agree with Mike on this up uh, uh, to a point. Um, and because one of the problems with living in today's society is very easy to create an echo chamber around yourself and only expose yourself to your own ideas reflected back in your direction, which just intensifies them. And you'll never know whether you were actually wrong about something because you've just got people telling you you're right. 
So that's all correct. But at the same, by the same token, I think Tucker Carlson is one of the stupidest people uh, in media, and his voice is really, really annoying, and it makes my brain hurt. So you see, I'm a bit torn. The rewrap. We're going to finish up here uh, with uh, th- this is uh, an excerpt from a, an interview we did this morning that went a little bit off the rails. Uh, just because I think Mike has become obsessed with trying to grow uh, radicchio in a glass house. What do you know about radicchio? Oh, I know that it's bloody good if you get it on the dinner plate. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> do we grow much of it? I'm getting into it. I'm getting myself a glass house and I'm growing that and some endive. I'm into it because I can't find it anywhere. That and microgreens. We need to expand the radicchio, endive and microgreen market. Oh, well, any vegetables you can get into and eat more of, I think you're on the right track. Mike, so and if you're growing them yourself, you're you're really putting in the hard work. So exactly. If you if you want a job over the, over the summer period as well, Mike, <laughs> and during during January, you've got a bit of time off. We're busy in garlic harvest, so right. okay. I've, see I've got I've got your number. I'll give you a call. Um, yep. So we're getting radicchio updates. Hopefully enough of them, so Mike starts pronouncing it correctly. Um, and we're also getting glasshouse updates now as well, because uh, that's what he needs to grow it in. And, and apparently, according to this morning's Glasshouse update, uh, that also requires a concrete update because you need a concrete pad. I would have thought that you just put the Glasshouse on the ground and plant stuff in the ground. I, I've obviously completely misunderstood how Glasshouses work. Um, that uh, was the rewrap. We'll be back with more. It's turned into a sort of a gardening show. Uh, who knows what we're growing tomorrow? I'll see you then. The rewrap. The rewrap. For more from Newstalk ZB, listen live, on air or online and keep our shows with you wherever you go with our podcasts on iHeartRadio. If you enjoyed this podcast, you will love our New Zealand Herald podcast, The Little Things, hosted by me, Francesca Rudkin, and my good friend, Louise Airy. We focus on all the little things that you can do to make a positive impact on your life and to cut through the confusion from the health and wellness industry. Join us every Saturday to hear from the experts for all the tips and advice you need. Just search The Little Things on iHeartRadio or wherever you get your podcasts.